millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, you are listening to Just Films and That. This is the podcast where we talk about films that we think deserve a little bit more love. I'm Josh Hallam, and I'm joined this week by my co-host, Alice Oliver. Alice, you all right? All right, you all right? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Yes, I'm. I'm. I'm very well, thank you. We're going to talk about a film, good. aren't we? We are. That's usually the format, it's, and we're sticking the, to it. But it's not just us, is it? Not just us it's today. Not. We are joined by our first guest of 2024. Could be our last guest. Depends how this goes. Um, <laughs> we are joined by. Uh, he's a wonderful podcaster. He's uh, Tom Davis from Proper Mental Podcast. Tom, how are you, sir? Welcome to the podcast. Oh, I'm good. I'm really good. Thank you both for uh, for having me. Yeah, hopefully I'm. Uh, I'm. I'd like the idea of being the first and last guest of the year. <laughs> yeah, like that yeah. kind of just wraps it all up. So well, fingers crossed for that. You know, it, it's peak yeah. with you anyway, to be honest. Because I mean, all the other all the other <laughs> guests we have on, I mean, none of them, none of them are any good, really. Um, never really taken to any of them, have we, Alice? No, definitely not. We're definitely not begging them to come back on every other no, week. No, I've never spoken to any of them ever again. Um, but uh, anyway, Tom, so um, thank you very much for coming on. We always start guest episodes with a random question, which we put out to the listeners, and they've excelled themselves in the randomness this time. Uh, but the one we've picked is from uh, Jack, who is at JAMag92 on Twitter. Would Or X, should I say. Um, would you rather have fingers the length of legs or legs the length of fingers? Alice, I'll come to you first. Now, we've done similar ones to this before to mm. do with arms and legs and telescopic arms and telescopic legs. But this is a little bit different because it's like, what would you rather have mm. in terms of like, you, basically, you're going to have a little something. Yeah, I mean, that's wildly are, I inconvenient. Um, yeah. uh, I don't think I would choose either, but if I, you know, gun to my head, had to choose between the two, I guess I'd go for fingers the length of legs. And and then, so then you've got five of them, oh, so ten you, of them, sorry. You'd have, you'd have ten massive fingers. That's wild, isn't it? That is wild. But How yeah, would you I think do so. anything? Uh, with great difficulty, <laughs> with great difficulty. But I think I'd have to, because otherwise, I mean... Unfortunately, the world isn't really designed for incredibly short people. Everything would just be incredibly difficult. Mm. I mean, I'm not saying it wouldn't be with my ten gargantuan. Oh yeah, it'd be, a, it'd be an absolute piece fingers. of cake with with fingers the length a, of legs, wouldn't it? You might be an incredible piano player, and from, then you could do it like from a distance. From a few and that could feet be, like, away. Thing. Are the yeah. legs are the legs the leg fingers the same sort of weight as legs, or is it like you know basically when you're lifting your fingers up, it's easy, isn't it? But like, are they the weight of legs? So are you essentially trying to lift ten legs up? So if well, you wave then... at someone, are you picking five <laughs> legs up and then yeah. waving them and they're flopping about everywhere? Too much effort, that isn't it's it? A lot of they weigh the same. Alice. You haven't thought this through. 
That's, it, well, so what? Why? So what would you pick? Are you going for the legs? Well, yeah, like, the, the other one. It's, it's just the least convenient. It's basically, <laughs> I suppose. I suppose that is sort of like having no legs, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So a the world's bit. far easier. It's not easy for people with no legs, but it, but it'd be far easier than having the weight of ten legs on, on my the hands. end of your hands. Possibly, possibly, you might be onto something there, Josh. Yeah. See, I mean, Tom, we both. told you you were go- we were going to get deep. We were yeah. going to get deep here, yeah. and it did so early. Well, luckily, <laughs> luckily, that's how I roll. Oh, so, good. Uh, yeah, that's that's good. Anyway, Tom, what about what about you? What would you what say about me? Well, my initial thought was was going for the little legs, but then little, little finger legs. I'll tell you who popped into my mind is um, I've not seen a Guinness Book of Records for a very long time, but when I was a kid. And it was the sort of thing I used to get for Christmas. There was that fellow who had really long fingernails. I don't know. There was that fellow. Yeah. 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 And I think he he did all right with them. Mm. He did. He did. To be fair, if I could keep my my legs and just have fingers, maybe get some tips off the Guinness Book of Records fingernail guy of how to navigate. He must have had similar sorts of problems. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's. I think that's how I'd play it. I think I'd go for long fingers. Ah, Guinness Book of Records. There was always the. There was always him. There was the lady who could pop her eyes out really far. Oh yeah, and there was the lady with the swirly whirly uh, nails. The, uh, did you ever have those ones? They were like a spiral yeah. nails. They were so long. Yeah, yeah, spirals. Yeah. Oh, I, mean, I I've not read a Guinness World Book of Records for years. Yeah, <laughs> you don't you don't need it now because <laughs> you, you just it. see it on Instagram or yeah, Britain's Got Talent. True, you know yeah. that could be a talent now. Google but, it. Yeah. Assume it's right. Don't question anything. Life goes on. Life yeah. goes on. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's what that's what the world is now. But anyway, we were going to talk about a film. And the film that Tom has brought that we would like to discuss is Into the Wild from 2000 and, uh, 2007. Uh, so, Tom, tell the guys at home a um, little bit about what it's about, but more importantly, why did you pick it for this podcast? Is it underrated? Is it underseen? Do you just want to talk about it? Let's hear it. Well, I think it, uh, underseen is how mm. I'd like to go on this one, because I think, like, critically particularly at the time, I think it did quite well. But I seem to meet a lot of people who um, who haven't seen it. Mm. And I, when I try and describe what the film is, I can see why people haven't seen it because it's, you know, it's very hard to describe. It's quite a hard sell. But before I get into it, I do want to put a caveat on that because I know right. that um, in january you guys often you go for the the more upbeat films we right? do because we, we, january we do. is a tough month and it i appreciate is. i haven't done that at all <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> i don't think that's too bad i think some, some, of, a, it, some of it was quite some nice of it, right some, some of it, of it was quite but nice. yeah I'm, I'm willing to you know explain slash defend my decision so the worst um, things you could have all picked good. i don't well I that don't, is yeah. that is oh, true yeah. that is true <laughs> but um you know i'm a big fan of sort of controlled distraction right and if mm. yeah if you are feeling a bit down and you want to throw something on to put you in a good mood yeah that's great i'm all for it but sometimes rather than something to sort of distract you and entertain you you need something to meet you where you're at right mm. you need to kind of something that's going to help you wallow you don't want something that's going to completely break your heart and you know make you feel really bad but yeah just something with a bit more sort of emotional depth to kind of like help you through the whatever it is you're you're going through mm. and that's kind of what there's a, an emotional level to Into the Wild. There's a few, there's so many different things going on in that movie. And I think it really kind of, um, there's an awe and a wonder to it. That's certainly, I remember watching it for the first time and, and feeling that. Um, so that's kind of why I why I went for it. But um, it is essentially, um, it's based on a book. And the book is a true story of a 
young American man called Christopher McCandless, who essentially walks into the Alaskan wilderness and survives there on his own by living in a bus. And the film is about why he decides to do that and how he gets there. It takes him a couple of years of wandering around to get into the Alaskan wilderness. Um, and he finds an abandoned bus and he lives there um, and he dies there as well. Mm. Spoiler alert. But um, yeah, and that in a nutshell, that's about it. And that's yeah. probably why it's underseen because, yeah. you know, like yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I've seen it and listening to me say that doesn't make me want to watch it again. <laughs> I, to be I, honest I, with I, you. I think it's, it's definitely picked up legs since it came out. This is always one of those things that's because obviously we have a social media for this podcast. The algorithm is, is skewed towards films, right? So it's always coming up on the browse bit. I mean, I try to avoid scrolling for no reason if I can, but obviously sometimes you can't avoid it if you're trying to post something and you see it and before you know it, you've been distracted or whatever. But this comes up quite a lot on like life-affirming films, uplifting films, that sort of thing. So I know what you're saying with the nature of it. And obviously there are it does deal with some issues and it ultimately does end quite tragically and stuff like that. But I think the reasons behind it behind it and the freeingness of, you know, it's it's an exploration of freedom in, in, in that sense. And I think that is what people find quite uplifted about it. Because I know it has developed a status to such a degree that they've actually had to move the bus. So a lot yeah, of people are I've going that, to, yeah. uh, people were trying to get to the bus and either getting stranded. A couple of people sadly passed, like lost their lives trying to get to it. Obviously it's not an easy place to get to as you, as, as you see in the film. Uh, but anyway, Alice, I'll come to you now. So I can't get a read on you for this one. Is this something you've seen before or not? I, I feel like you, you surprise me because sometimes you've seen, like you've not seen like E.T., but then also you'll have seen this because your dad had it on video or something. I've seen E.T. Let's not, <laughs> let's not, let's not. What's uh, it about? The, um, yeah, the, see, you the don't extra. Know. The... <laughs> <laughs> no, but you, but you are right. There's, there's so, so many, I've got so many blind spots. Like I've not seen Die Hard. I've not seen Pulp Fiction, what? which I, I know, I know I could go on. I could go on, but I know that I should, but no, hadn't seen this, hadn't heard of it. Like when you told me the title, I was like, oh, I think that kind of sounds familiar, but then ultimately I don't think so. I think it just sounds like you say enough things sort of play off those words or at least share some of the words <laughs> yeah. that you kind of think, oh yeah, I've heard that around sort of thing. Um, but it's funny what you were saying, Tom, then about obviously maybe on the surface, it doesn't maybe traditionally feel like a like an uplifting film or a very positive film, but I watched this. So I just had, I'd had what felt like a very intense day at work. Basically I had to drive down to Birmingham. It was just after the snow had fallen and it was all very scary and very intense. And I was there filming all day and then I got back late and it was all just, oh God. And then I was like, oh, now I have to watch that film as well for the podcast. And I put it on and I just fell into it completely. And I was like, it was like, I just needed it at that moment in my life. It was so weird. So usually I've got a pen and paper and I'm scribbling notes like crazy as I'm watching these films. And with this, after about five minutes, I was like, I don't want to. I don't want to make notes. I literally just want to watch it and I want to be in it. I absolutely loved it. And I loved I everything about love it. This. I loved it. I, I knew, really, like, really my loved other, it. My other half is obviously, who who is, is, um, is very good friends with Alice, watched it with me and she just went, Alice, I love this. Yeah, well, I did. You know me so well. I'm so predictable. Maybe I don't surprise you as much as you think, Josh. Uh, but yeah, I loved it. And I, there was so much that I loved about it, but we'll get into that. Um, what about you, Josh? Do you, did you see this one before? No, I hadn't. It had mm. been on my, I keep, a, I keep a list of films that I want to watch because um, that's what I'm like. Um, and this has been on it for ages and I've just never gotten to it. Um, I don't know why. There's no particular reason why. It might be because it is two and a half hours. So sometimes it, it, you have to prepare yourself to watch a slightly longer film, even though mm. 
I don't know. I always think two and a half hours feels well longer than two hours, but it's half an hour. Do you know what I mean? So, 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 um, I don't know why I hadn't watched it before, but I, but it had been on my list to watch for ages. So, let's let's get into it then. So, so I'll come to you you first, Alice. So you loved it then. What what did you yeah. like about it? What did you specific love about it? And then we'll come to Tom on what on what he thinks. Like everything, pretty much. Just like the the whole the way that the film's designed, the aesthetic, the script, some of the performances, the soundscape. I thought was brilliant on the soundtrack as well. So we've mm. got a lot of uh, Eddie Redder in there who I absolutely love. And even that, when that happened, I was like, oh, I'm just gonna love this, aren't I? It's just me, hook, line, and sinker sort of thing. Um, I loved like the combination of these sort of really warm and sort of quite intimate scenes where you've got the people that he meets along the way who are really friendly and like are showing him this love and showing him this grace and stuff. But then he's also talking about, you know, how his parents, the, how he felt the sort of the violence and the abuse from that and these things balancing together. And he'd often say things, I think quoting people most of the time about, you know, how terrible people are and how cold the world is and all this. But then there's these people around him going like, here's some money, here's some food, here's our floor for you to sleep on or whatever it was sort of thing. I thought Emile Hirsch was amazing as well. And like the the pressure and the the trust I think that was like placed on him to get this right. Like the whole, the film, it's, it's him, isn't it? There's mm. brilliant supporting cast. I mean, really good supporting cast around there, isn't there? And some real proper stars that show up in that, but it's all on him. And I just feel like the trust that the filmmakers have put into him to get it right. And then the pressure that he must've felt to actually deliver it must've just been extraordinary. And he, he nailed it. And I can't mm. think of anyone more perfect who could have done it. And I only realized for the first time as well in this, he really reminds me of Leo. Like there were times in this where I was like, he looks like young Leo there. It was crazy. And I never thought about that before. And also just going back to what you said then, Josh, because I saw the runtime as well, like two and a half hours. And after about sort of 10, 15 minutes, I was like, how are they going to sustain this for all that? Like, is mm. this going to drop off about halfway through? And I'm going to be like, oh, you know, here we go. Like, keep it going <laughs> sort of thing. But I didn't feel that at all. Like I was absolutely hooked from start to finish and I loved it. And, and then when it ended. Very often for you. Like, obviously you, you, you like a lot of the films we do, but you've never often completely hooked. And not for that, not for that period of time as well. Mm. Cause, cause, I don't know, like if something's lacking in terms of like the script or the story or whatever it might be, I just sort of switch off and I'll, or if the acting's bad, I'm just like, oh, you know, you're really struggling to hold my attention here. But with this, it just kept going and kept going. And the, the extra interesting thing about that as well is that a lot of the time he's just there on his own, just like plodding along. It's like, mm. oh, I'm just in a bus and now I'm going to go pick some berries. Like so many sequences where there's no dialogue you don't really hear anyone's voice. There's no script or anything. It's just like a combination of these like diegetic sounds and the music and the action. And again, just him sort of front and center, bringing this whole thing to life. It was just so good. And I was just <laughs> so surprised. I think I was just so surprised that I hadn't seen it before. Mm. And also, just finally as well, before we move on, sorry, Tom, this is, this is meant to be about you. This is your <laughs> film. This is your episode. I'm just getting carried away. I think it's... So I've seen films like this before. So mm. where we're translating something either obviously from a true story like this or from a book or whatever. And it's so hard and it is so hard to get it right and to make sure you get all the points that are relevant, not put too much in there, but then also not take away so much that the audience feel like, oh, I don't really know why this happened or why that happened. I'm not connecting to that character or whatever. But this, I think it did such a good job and it utilised all the different sort of cinematic techniques to actually be able to bring it to life, to sort of bring those words on paper to life in a really effective mm. way 
It was just dead good, wasn't it? I just loved good, it. Isn't it? Yeah. I just loved it. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we'll come to you then, Tom. So, so, so obviously Alice has given you a fairly glowing review there. So <laughs> what do you like about this film? What really draws you to it? Like you say, I think there's a there's a really good point in there that you both touched on, which is sort of sometimes you need to hear the song that's being sung. And this film does reach to you in a certain moment like you there's probably you, you might be in a mood where you want to watch something and this isn't it but equally on the other side if you are in the right mood like alice was it's probably perfect for that mood so i think there's definitely something there there, there are films that are broader and you think well i can put on you know cool runnings anytime and just enjoy myself or or you know other, other films and stuff like that but but this is definitely it. it's it's particular it's a particular mood but anyway what do you like about this film and if you could boil it down into a couple of points what do you reckon what do you like there's a few things really one of the things is the kind of it's i suppose the only way i can say it is the big and the small of it so there's a certain aspects of it that are huge. The landscapes, the scenery, some of a lot of the, you know, the high up cameras and the drones and things like that, where they've really got this incredible American landscape, which is the some of the routes that the real Christopher McCandless was, um, you know, was navigating through. But then when it comes to uh, like the actual acting performances, when he's interacting with other people, not loads happens, mm. but there's a real humanness to the interactions mm. you know there's the the hippie couple that he meets and um the lady's missing her son and they're having like this kind of low-key situation in their relationship that you don't really you know find out what happens and there's his brief um you know love interests when he's you know when he ends up playing guitar with the girl and all these little things and they're so small and they're so human in contrast this mate this this scenery you know and it kind of shows how how small we are as humans in the greater scheme of things, you know, Mm. so subtly done to have a film where really, you know, not that much happens. Like Alice says, he just does a load of walking (laughs) and bumps into people and, you know, they seem to really like him and uh, he doesn't, that doesn't seem to, you know, distract him from getting to where he needs to be. And and that's kind of it. But there there is a real humanness to it, a real humanity to uh, the interactions, I think, with the people he meets on the way. Yeah, I think I think for me that's where the film really shines is 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 that idea of you know everyone everyone's lives is a little snow globe and sometimes they cross over into each other or a web whatever you want whatever metaphor you want to choose that idea and I think that does it really well of of um, he bumps into these people and he has an effect on their lives and they have an effect on on his but it's all just through there's just. Obviously, what happens happens and it's tragic, but it's all apart from that. It's all just low stakes stuff. It's just mm. conversation, which is why I think the ending is probably, unless you go into it knowing the ending because of the book or because you know the true story, it's quite shocking. Mm. Um, I, was, be, I was shocked. I yeah, was, because there's just the thing of like, oh, it, it, so when you went into it, then I, was, I can't remember. Does it say it's a true story at the beginning? I don't think so. Not that no. I noticed, and I didn't. I didn't know if it was. So you just then... thought. So at the end, you were quite surprised to see the real picture and all that sort yeah. of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then I immediately went and read his whole Wikipedia page. Yeah. Like I, re- I read it from start to finish. I was just like, I need. And immediately, I was like, I need to know more about this guy. Yeah, it was um, interesting as well because more's come out since the film. So obviously, this film's mm. now. Um, what is it now? It's nearly. You know, it's actually, it's nearly twenty years old, more or less. Um, but I believe, and you know, what we won't go into it on the episode, especially because it is quite dark in places. But if you go into it, if you read about it, more's come out about why he actually did what he did, because mm-hmm. um, the film sort of makes it. He touches on it a little bit of abuse and stuff, but it, it makes it more like it's. I, I, my view is that, or my reading of it is that it comes from a almost like a frustration with expectation and emotional repression and 
and power and hierarchy and all that and just wanting to be free. Whereas if you read, it's actually a little bit darker than that and more to do with his parents, actual, particularly his father's actual behavior and stuff like that. So that's interesting. So you didn't, you didn't know it was true going in. So how did you find the ending then? I, I was I was shocked. Yeah. I was shocked. I was shocked. Obviously, that it ends the way it did. That he dies because it's quite, it's quite, it's really scary how he dies as well. It's like mm. the the knowing sort of ominous. It's thing like walking towards you. It's like because he can't eat anything, or he at least can't process nutrients or whatever mm. it is that this berry's done to him. Like the 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 um the symptoms of eating that is you're going to starve to death. Mm. And he reads that in his book. He knows what he's done. And then we're just waiting for that to happen. And it was like, it was a little bit like 127 hours where it's just like, well, obviously you're not getting out of here and you're going to die. But then, you know, he did get out sort of thing. Mm. So it was just like, and you think like, oh, but something's going to happen, isn't it? Someone's going to stumble along and find him or a helicopter's going to appear or, you know, and it doesn't. And he just sort of crawls into a sleeping bag and he dies. And it's so, like, it's so raw and like animalistic in a way and he sort of he he moves between kind of looking at peace with what's happening and then looking terrified at what's happening and then back at peace and we see him like looking out at the trees and stuff out through the window and then it I think it ends with like this shot just pulling away from him but like with his eyes open mm. with his little head just sort of poking out his out sleeping the bag or something isn't it or out yeah, one of the windows it was or something like, like that it was really scary in mm. a way and just like it just I don't know, like you just, you feel, it just helps you feel probably what he was probably feeling at yeah. that time, which is just this, like, you can't stop it. It's that runaway train heading for you. It's like, oh shit, I actually can't do anything about it. And then I read, I think that like, he was actually, if he'd have just traveled up the river a bit, there was like a disused cable car route or something where he could have got over the river, like literally just not too far up from him. But because he didn't like have a map and he didn't really have any local knowledge or anything, he didn't know it was there. So he, he obviously just thought. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. 
Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Instead of deciding to go and, you know, just to, to keep walking and maybe try and find something, he just decided to stay there. I don't know, man. It just, I was like, it was just really dark, but in like a beautiful and sort of poetic way. I don't in know. Like a sort of like a, uh, but some, some birds' feathers are too bright sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting that because, because there's, there's multiple layers that end in, obviously you've got the general tragedy of a young man losing his life, but then you've also got that whole thing of his realization of, of the end of his journey of, basically the end he realizes that it's just all better if you share it and you know it's mm. your life is enriched by the people you meet and stuff like yeah. that or, or um and i think that that's the added emotional tragedy of it as well is that he dies on his own and all he wants is other people and that's the real you know got deep there didn't we <laughs> okay so we'll move on to things that we might uh, not like about into the wild or that we would change about into the wild Alice, anything from you? Is it we more more of it? Longer? I could have done with another half an hour to be honest. Yeah, yeah make it around three hours. Definitely, definitely could have been longer. <laughs> the the only thing, and and I have the same criticism nearly every time of of films that are based on a true story or adapted from a book, and then use this technique. But sort of the the some of the voiceover and some of the narration. Sometimes it does just feel a bit shoehorned in there, and it is just like, oh, we need to get these messages across to the audience just so they know that this is what's happened. Like, especially with the stuff with his sister, who's doing a lot of the narration in sort of, I don't know if she's writing letters to him or if she's just imagining writing letters to him or imagining speaking to him. But some of it is just a bit like, oh, we just need to dump some exposition here. But the, as I say that, I have got no alternative as a better way to do that. Like, I don't know what the answer is because you can't show and not tell everything like you you have to just tell the audience some things otherwise we would be here for three three and a half hours that sort of thing so i don't really have an alternative and and how on how else to get that information across but it was just like sometimes when the voiceover or narration whatever you call it would start up again and i'd be like just sort of waiting for it to end it's like oh let, but let's just get back into the story I, I sort of thing i didn't mind the, the, that side of it i because the way yeah. i took it was she was your she was sort of your guide through the story but equally at mm. times she didn't know she didn't know everything that happened to him yeah so there was an element of a she was helping you frame the story but b i don't know what happened so maybe this is what was going through his head when he made this decision and i thought i thought that added another sort of layer of emotional depth to it of you know this idea of well, why why did he do that and why did he do it the way he did it sort of thing but i know what you mean mm. it, it it feels like we've got to do something to keep everything nicely tight and stuff like that but mm -hmm. but what is it if it's not that yeah, exactly. And I don't have I don't have the answer to that. You know, some yeah. films use, you know, letters or just like people's in a monologue or whatever it is. What newspaper about like, clippings, um, various things like that, isn't it? You know in Babe, the little mice. Oh about, yeah. What about that? So the three little, little mice come on and like Yeah. But it's three bears, this? maybe. Yeah. Because he's in the Alaskan wilderness. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I see where you go with this. Yeah. yeah. Um <laughs> but to be honest, that was it. And that was me. That's me just trying to find something to bring yeah. to this uh, yeah. to this part of the podcast, really, because we have to be balanced. Um mm. what about you, Tom? Well, anything that you don't like about it or that you would change? Not really. 
No, I'm pretty pretty happy with it. You know, I think mm-hmm. they kind of got it. I remember the, the first few times I I watched it, I struggled with um, his relationship with his parents. Mm. You know, because it it kind of um, yeah it hints towards some horrible things happening, but then at the same time you see how tortured they are, and you kind of yeah. like because there's not enough of not. You just I don't know. Sometimes he just seems really really harsh, and then obviously he had his own reasons for that. Um, and I remember when I first watched it, it was like I couldn't decide how the film was trying to make me feel about his relationship with his parents. You know, whether it was um, not—I don't want to say justified or deserved—you know, the suffering. But I mean, that bit towards the end where his dad sits in the road and mm. squeezes his trousers, and crikey, like you feel that the, yeah. the loss. Or even yeah. the, the first scene of the film is his mum waking up from a dream, thinking that she spoke to him. And mm. so I started off. The first thing you see is that. So straight away, I had so much empathy for his parents, and then you kind of find out that it maybe it wasn't. You know, is that empathy misplaced on my part, or mm. you know, it just becomes a little bit tricky. Um. I don't know. I know loads of geeky stuff about this film and I've read all the different books about it and stuff, but I know that his, um, his sister, when it first came to making the film and, um, the book that was about it as well, um, his sister said she would only talk to the people involved if they didn't write about the seriousness of the family stuff. Yes. Um, Yeah. Which came out later. Yeah. And then, yeah, when she wanted to give them a chance to sort of say sorry. And when they never did, she wrote her own book and kind of told everybody everything. I haven't read her book because I kind of thought, well, you know, you didn't go walking around. You just had a really, you know, that's quite a sad story, really. You didn't go anywhere and had a really horrible childhood. It's not Mm. really, uh, you know, it it sounds really a sad read basically, but yeah, Yeah. that kind of, I know when I, before I knew all that stuff, um, yeah, I was never sure how to feel about his parents. And that's the only thing I kind of feel was not quite right, but it sounds like they didn't have much, you know, they did, they were working with, you know, whatever they had. But um, other than that, I mean, considering so much of it is based on just kind of people's opinions and ideas. And when they tried to track his path down for the book, um, they just had to try and like find people that that met him. And everyone who met him, he used a different name and he mm-hmm. uh, talked to him about different things. So considering they're piecing it together from all these different perspectives of people knew, knew him at different times and going through different things and no one's quite sure how much of the truth he was telling when he met them and memory's a funny thing anyway. I think they did an incredible job of piecing it all, to, all together. I was kind of like quite quite happy. So yeah, mm. there's not much I'd, I'd, I'd change really. No, not at all. So, so interesting. Just to pick up on what you said there, Tom. It is that's a really good point. They made this not well. They made it with the consent of the family, but it also looks like rather than just that, they, they went one step beyond and made it with the cooperation of the family, which is which doesn't always happen. And then at the end, there's a really pointed bit of text in the credits before the credits start that basically is saying this was made like with with their cooperation but you don't normally get that you might get it at some point but i think it lingers very much and i think that the filmmakers sean penn and stuff like that are, are making a point there of this is made we are, essentially it's whether it's their view of what happened or whatever but it's very much there they have been involved you know they've not just taken it and and you know bohemian rhapsody did it <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or, or or whatever which is you know a very you know we've, we've touched on before both me and alice and our opinion of <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody, um, the film songs, you know, songs a song in it, um, but but yeah, I thought that was that was um, that's really interesting. And the other thing as well is, I think they allow you a certain amount of rope to make up your own mind. 
So, of you know, why did he do it? Were his parents right? How bad were his parents with each other, with the kids or whatever? The bit I struggled a little bit to ratify in my mind was leaving his sister rather than leaving his leaving his parents because if if it shows what it shows, he's sort of leaving her on her own with them. But equally, it never shows that she couldn't have gone with him. Um, so it's it's a difficult one. In terms of what I didn't like. Look, there's not lows. I mean, overall, I thought it was, you know, I thought I thought it was enjoyable and poignant and emotional and that sort of thing. I did think it was a little bit too long, um, which I know, Alice, you're gonna laugh because I always say that, but yeah. for me, <laughs> over two hours, fucking hell, <laughs> it's not even that right. I don't mind a long film. I've touched on this before, but I thought the only thing I'd really say was that. The film really thrived when he was speaking to other people and there was a lot of him on his own. And I think if you'd have just got rid of a little bit of that and had a little bit more of interaction with other people, I think I would have felt the pace a little bit better. But there was a there was a bit where he'd just been speaking to people and then it cut to him again on his own in the woods and he was having like a... It's like a slow-mo shot of him sort of having a shower, like washing his hair. And there was an element of me of like, I've seen this now. I've seen him on his own. I've seen him on a mountaintop with his arms outstretched and loving the fresh air and all sorts of that. You know, I, I got that point. Um, I think it was laboured a little bit, but not, you know, not a massive crime. Just, just that was just something I would change about it. In terms of any other issues, not really. I mean, I'd say the pragmatist and the realist in me has a, a bit of an issue with like burning your money, although I know he gave like 25 grand to Oxfam. So I suppose what he burns is sort of just the money in his pocket, really. Um, but equally, that's not a problem with the film. It's a problem with the text. It's a problem with the actual story. So I don't think, you know, you, you know, you, you can't really have an, a problem with what happens when you're adapting something. So that's not so much a problem with the film. But other than that, no, not nothing really. And I, I can see why this has developed such a cult following whites and it definitely i think it definitely we talked before didn't we about how it's sing you know it, it's certainly the film that you might need to see in a certain state of mind or at a certain time in your life or whatever i think the the fact is is there's definitely something in this film that speaks to people uh whether it's that wanting to be free or whether it's it can sometimes sometimes just be i wish i was brave enough to to do that or it can be yeah i'm sick of my job i just want to walk it. it's the same there are other films that that speak to people in a similar way you know how many times have you heard and it's in a different way but how many times have you heard like falling down referred to when someone's having a bad day in that idea i mean i don't think you've seen that alice have you we've touched mm -hmm. on that before basically there's a the whole thing of like it, the, the film appears as if the lead character is having a really bad day and he just sort of loses his shit there's more to it in the film, but it's become a bit of a cult thing of like, you know, he goes to try and get breakfast at a fast food place, but it's past half past 11, so he can't mm. get breakfast. You know, it's mm -hmm. that. And he, he gets, essentially, it's getting frustrated with bureaucracy and red tape and just going, oh, I just want to live my life sort of thing. So, um, so I thought that was really interesting. So we'll move on to talking about the critical reception, the box office, and then we'll see if we can decide, is it underrated, underseen, both, neither, whatever. Um, Alice, how do you think it did? I mean, probably quite well, critically, mm. I reckon. Uh, it's it's just like it's a well-made film. It's a well-told story. The different, you know, cinematic elements of it are really well done. So I reckon it. I reckon it probably got quite high. I th I think maybe we're looking at into the eights for this. Into you the know? eights. And what about you? What, would you? what would you say? That's oh, high for you it, as well. That's I high. know, yeah. But easily into the eights for me. So I reckon it probably got 
like I'll I'll say it got an eighty three or an eight point three, okay. and I would give it maybe just a little bit more than that and more wow. like an eighty six or an eight point six. I did I really liked it. Yeah. it just really, and that's big, Tom, for Alice. Like an that's Alice, big an, for me. An yeah. Alice eight is a mean nine. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, mate, well, we'll take that, right? We'll take that. And <laughs> um, what about you, Tom? I mean, do you know how it did commercially or critically or anything like that, or would I have a crack? Yeah, I, I don't particularly know much about it. I would assume quite well. You mm. know, there's a there's a lot there for people to like. If you like scenery, you're laughing. If you like, you know, really <laughs> solid act, acting performances, mm. you're laughing. Short people like Sean Penn. You know, he is mm. like he tends to only get involved in things that are kind of like you know knocking on uh, doors for awards and things mm. like that. You know, if he's involved. So yeah, I would I would guess that like critically, it did it did quite well. If you like Eddie Vedder as well, this is yeah, definitely like Pearl for you. Jam. This yeah, is there's quite a lot. Of there that you go. This. Well, you know, Pearl Jam, my one of my favourite bands, if not my favourite band. Really, and I actually, yeah. how I found the film, I was in a record shop and I saw the soundtrack and I was like, oh, I didn't know he was doing any new music. What's this Into yeah. the Wild thing? And so I heard the record first and then was keeping an eye out for the for the movie. So I kind of like I went into it purely because of the Eddie Vedder link. Really, I knew nothing about oh, wow. going into, that's the, into the I pictures. Love that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then when I, I saw it at the cinema and um, I was in France at the time and I found this really old battered uh, uh, cinema, this independent cinema and went to watch it. And I was so blown away by it. I went back the next night and watched it again. And I sat wow. in the same seat with the same snacks and just relived exactly the same, same <laughs> night. Oh my but it, it is one of those, it, it haunted me. It stayed with me, that film. Mm. And it, it made me want to read the book and go on the Wikipedia and listen to mm. the podcast. Like it, 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 there's so much that to, to explore within it. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's kind of, that was my. Uh, if, my I mean, for what it's one. worth, I did the same thing with Flubber when I was eight. I went back and watched <laughs> Flubber the next week for it. Yeah, same it's, <laughs> uh, I mean, Flubber's a bit deeper than this, you know. There's more to it. There's a, you know, there's a lot of stuff. What, what do you think Flubber has to say about mental health? <laughs> um, Probably a um, lot, actually. If yeah. we went back and examined it, to be fair, actually, there's a lot in Flubber about him, like not committing to the woman he wants to marry. In fact, isn't the woman he wants to marry in Flubber Christopher McCandless's mum in this? I think it is. That's crazy if it is, Josh. I think it is. Hang on. We never normally we never normally Google stuff, but I am going to Google stuff, listeners. So it's Marcia Gay Harden, isn't it, who plays his mum? Yeah, it is. <laughs> oh, that's wild. <laughs> Did it on purpose. Um, but yeah, um, anyway, we'll do Flubber another time. Maybe we should they yeah. come back next year and do Flubber, Tom. Put it on the um, list. Put it on the list. But... but uh, uh, anyway, so back to the critical reception then. At the time of recording o- over on IMDb, it gets 8.1 out of 10 on uh, IMDb. The critics are harsher than the audience, as they quite often are, and they give it 18... Rotten Tomatoes, sorry, Josh. What yeah, did I say? Just, you said IMDb again. Did I? You said IMDb for the that's first time. That's not the rest. That's move, not... Yeah. move on to Rotten this Tomatoes. This is another website, everybody. Uh, this website. is Rotten Tomatoes. The critics, they give it 83%, and the audience give it quite a staggering 89%. <sighs> Which, if you work that out as an average, is about 84% or 8.4. Ooh, so, nearly so there, Alice. On. I was bang on with the critics, though. As I said 83, didn't I? Oh, good for me. Yes. Um, but, yeah, that was really close to what I was thinking. I mean, that's, to me, that's all. I'm glad that, that those were all the scores. I think if anything had been in the seven, I'd have been like, mm-mm, mm. like, no, you're missing something there. Um, yeah, I'm happy with those scores very much. I think this is definitely a film that the critics would love. And if the mm. audience like it, they would think, I'm going to go on and make a point of rating that, you know, mm-hmm. so that sort of thing. What do we think then? Are we happy with those, Tom? 
Mm. Yeah, yeah, very much so. I think they got it about about right. You know, I, I can see why some people might think it was like a little bit pretentious or, you know, like thing, you know, I can see the reasons why people might choose to to dislike it and mm. you know, maybe not be a little bit higher. But yeah, on the whole, you take that when you, you take that all day. Yeah. If you, Sean we, Penn is over the moon, I would <laughs> Are we mm. saying that's um, appropriately rated then? Are we happy with that? I would say, I would say appropriately rated, yeah. I think those yeah. are good scores. Yeah, I think so. Okay, so box office wise, then I'm not sure what the budget was, but according to box office mojo, the worldwide box office, and obviously this isn't always a full um, picture in terms of whether it's underseen because you've got a bear in mind streaming and who's watched afterwards but the box office is 56 million quid which is obviously it's not loads pretty good for a film of this sort of uh ilk you know if, if you think of it as more like an indie film or a lower budget film because i'll tell you one thing about it actually is is it it looks amazing but i don't think it was made for loads of money i don't think this is a you know a 200 million dollar film is it so i think 56 million quid i mean box office wise i'd say that probably is underseen i know it's got a bit of a following afterwards but i still think i think this film you know, based on on the the themes and everything, I think it's probably got quite a lot of legs to go on and grow an audience as it goes along. So I'd say that is underseen. What would you say to that, Tom? What do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, you know, fifty six mil. Like you say, it's not. You know, it's not. You know, big bucks. I mean, it's not Star I, Wars. I, it? I, I saw it twice, so I feel like yeah. I contributed that, appropriately. Yeah, at least you know? a tenner. But, at least a tenner <laughs> yeah, about, that's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, often if I'm like chatting films with people and people, you talk about your favorite f- films, it, there's mm. not, it's not that often I come across people who have, who have seen it. it no. You know, it really doesn't, it really doesn't feel like that, you know? And like I say, cause it's quite hard to explain. You often feel like, oh, you got to watch this and you don't feel like they're going to after you've had mm. that conversation <laughs> with them. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, that, yeah, underseen is probably, yeah. probably fair. And, you know, I, I, I don't, sometimes I think the, considering how impressive the imagery through the film is and some of the camera work and all that sort of stuff. I don't always think like the way that's portrayed when you see it, like when you see it on the Netflix menu, it doesn't look particularly, you know, it's just like a, you know, it's like a guy sat on a bus and I, mm. I don't know if I knew nothing about it at all. And there wasn't the Eddie Vedder connection for me. And I was just at home trying to find something to watch my missus. I don't know if I'd like, I'd, I would look at the, you know, the, the trailer that they use. Or, you know, when you're deciding whether to watch and it plays a bit of the film and sometimes they pick a really random bit and you think, that's mm. not going to make anyone watch it. I do think Into the Wild is a little bit, a little bit like that. Use the word wild mm. and I think people are going to see that and expect like wilder. Is always going to fight a tiger or something <laughs> yeah, like that. The, 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 the not, Liam he... one where he fights the wolves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> not wild as in that. Nah, he's just going to sit on a bus, yeah. you know, like it's, uh, so yeah, I can kind of see why maybe people would not choose to watch it. We've, and we've definitely had that before, haven't we, Alice, where we picked a film and said this film was let down by the almost the marketing, marketing whether whether yeah, that's yeah. the money that they had or whether what they decided to do. There's definitely been a, quite a few where we've gone, if you saw the poster for this, you'd be like, what? what is this mm. film? What is it? like?" Yeah. Um, Jersey Girl was the big one. Jersey it? Girl, like, yeah. Just got, did, like the, the whole it, thing around ben, it just it didn't a, do... It, it's a Ben Affleck and Jennifer Ro- Lopez rom-com. No, it's yeah, not. Exactly. It's, about, no, it's, not it's about dealing with grief. Like, yeah. that's, that's what it's about. But um, mm. yeah, so are we saying appropriately rated and underseen then? Yeah, I agree. I agree with Works that. Works for me. Works for me. Well, there we go. Another one in the bag. Uh, Tom, thanks so much for coming on. Hope you're happy with the with the outcome. Um, I am. Yeah, I feel really <laughs> chuffed. I feel a little bit like, uh, particularly because Alice liked it so much. I feel like, I've, like you know, 
you know, like at school when you've done really well and you get yeah. a pat on the back. You know, I feel like you know, quite justified and uh, yeah, apple for teacher sort of situation. A lot of guests say this is a little bit like parents' evening. Like uh, you yeah. brought, you brought your film. It's like what we're going into for, the yeah. listen, into the wild's doing really well. Uh, it it just needs to learn to sit still uh, and listen. <laughs> That's it, yeah. Yeah, I feel really um, proud. It's as if it was mine, you know, as if, I, yeah. as if I'm Sean Penn in this, in this yeah, scenario. Yeah. Yeah. I um, think I, I think that's the thing, though. When you've got the film, you because everyone's got the film that they think, like, oh, I love this and no one else does. And, like, you try and show it to people, you try and tell people about it, and they're just like, oh, not interested, or they watch it, and it's like, no, nah, it was all right, or whatever. But then when someone else, it's like, because when you recommend something to someone, and then they love it as well. I love that feeling. It's yeah. like, yes. <laughs> and if I didn't like it, you'd know, because I would have had about three things to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had, I had a friend who, it took me ages to get him to watch The Bear. Mm. And then when he finally did, love he loved it. it. I was like, he, you feel like you, like you say, you've made it and gone, oh, good, he likes yeah. my show. Yeah. Like you've had no hand in it whatsoever. But yeah, anyway, Tom, tell the guys at home a little bit about what you've going on, what you've got going on, where we can find you. Tell us a little bit about your podcast. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. So I host a show called Proper Mental and I speak to a guest each week about a different aspect of mental health and mental illness and mental well-being. Um, and we'll kind of do that in loads of different ways, really. Sometimes that's a, a lived experience episode and someone will uh, chat to me about their life and, and what's gone on through it. Or it might be about a specific aspect of mental illness or a specific diagnosis. Um, sometimes I chat to people about um, different aspects of uh, wellness, you know, um, episodes about like sleep and yoga and mm. things like that. Um, and yeah, and everything in, in between, you know, and um, yeah, it's uh, it's really interesting. It kind of, um, you never know, often like there might be a, a guest who has a certain experience of, you know, depression or something like that. But the the way that these these diagnosis and these situations in people's lives kind of like overlap and, and interact there's always some common ground you know and um, it's about just exploring that exploring the going maybe a little bit deeper than the sort of the fluffy mainstream view of, mm. of mental health and kind of getting into the the nuts and bolts and realities of living day to day with a mental illness um essentially and yep swapping stories about it and um yeah it's uh yeah that's it in a nutshell really that's kind of kind of what i do that's really interesting and it's really i think it's really good it's, 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 i think the point should be made as well that unlike here where you know essentially someone just comes on and talks about a film you know for your podcast then you know, people have to come on and really bear things to you so i think that's you know i think it should be said that that, that fair play to you and fair play to them mm. for for opening up and coming on because you know not everyone would um and some people would too much you never know <laughs> but you know um but, but but i think that's really interesting so i'm interested like how do people come to you do you approach them like how does it tend to work Some go i've got this really interesting point to make about let's say, i don't know ocd or something like that like how, how does that tend to work yeah that's a, you know i love that you've uh kind of picked that up from it josh i really appreciate that mate but um it's yeah, I sometimes do feel a bit like an ambulance chaser, you know, like a seedy lawyer, like, like, oh, you've had a breakdown. I'll just slide into your DMs, you know, like, like there is that element to it. But no, I tend to, um, you know, like lots of the people I connect with are people who like, they do something in the mental health space. They maybe yeah. write a book about it or blog about it or speak about it, you know, so you know that they're, they're comfortable with it. Um, and it's not a, it's not a, a, a like a trauma cast. Like we don't dig mm. around in the, the really like no. challenges stuff just for the sake of it as well, you know? And, and sometimes we go there, you know, sometimes it, it has to go there. Um, but yeah, it, it just kind of like, just finding the balance really. I think it, it helps because there's, 
rather than being about one thing. It's about all different types of things. And that kind of keeps things moving around so we don't get stuck in stuck in one place, you know. It gives yeah. you a lot of a lot of scope, you know. And um so yeah, it's it's you know, it's it's the, the people I speak to, I suppose they're used to maybe more used to speaking about it and that allows a certain level of mm. uh, vulnerability and, and and openness and you know it's um yeah it's it is a it's a it's a tightrope I think because if it you know like you don't want you know you still want I still want to be entertaining with it you know yeah. I think um there's a lot of humor in in out of context there's a lot of humor in in mental health people do some very bizarre things you know I mean it comes from my experience with mental illness and when I look at some of my behavior over the years it really was quite bizarre and you get to a place where you can kind of you know you can appreciate the oddness of it you know and there's humor in there too and um you know it's just human stories and human stories they have funny bits they have sad bits they have weird bits they have boring bits and everything in between you know so it's trying to trying to explore all of that rather than just be some sort of like sad cast. You know? <laughs> we, could, we could start if, sad cast if you want. We could start sad cast. That could be a new thing. What, if anything, do you feel like has surprised you the most since you've been doing it and like talking to all these people? That's a wonderful question. Um, I think the, I think the overlap really between, between the human experience, you know, and we, we often like, uh, particularly when it comes to diagnosis and, and labels, we love to put stuff in boxes, but humans don't work like that at all, you know, and the people, I always like to say that we all break in different ways. You know, some people have horrible things happen to them. Some people do horrible things, whatever. We all break in different ways, but often it's the same things that come spilling out when we do. And it's the same emotions, the same feelings, the same inability to talk about them or to sit with them or to know what's going on, you know, and it, it 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 it's so strange. You can have people with two different backgrounds, different diagnosis, different ways of getting to wherever it was they end up, and there'll just be that one little nugget that kind of like just matches with someone else's story and the overlaps. And it's just like I say, there's a real humanness to exploring um, this stuff, and it's uh, it it is just a lot of mental illness is just the same feelings and emotions we all feel is just sometimes they're on steroids, right? Sometimes they're out of control and we can't grab hold of them. And um, yeah, and I, that, that's always something to me that really, um, really hits home, I think, in, in these stories. And the the human condition, how how resilient humans can be when they're really going through something, you know, how important things like hope are and, and connection and talking about these things, it, it, you know, it always jumps out to me and people really... Uh, yeah, really go through some things and come out the other side and they're still standing. And it's so, it's so inspiring and it's so useful because if you're, if you're on that path, but maybe you're a few steps back, right. And you maybe don't feel like you're going to be still standing at the end and to hear someone else say, oh, I was where, I was where you are and, you know, and, and you can be okay. I, I don't know. I don't quite know how you're going to be okay. And I, I, I'm not quite sure what we can do to get you there, but we can get you there. And there's something really, really lovely about it. I feel like I could listen to you talk for hours. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of that, then in that case, if Alice wants to listen to you talk for hours, Tom, is it available wherever you get your yeah, podcasts? Where, where can I find the podcast? What are the what's the Twitter handle? Give me all the deets. Oh, mate, yeah, <laughs> yeah, at Proper Mental Podcast, absolutely everywhere, and yeah, it's at all the usual sort of podcasty places. Wherever you listen this to what, now, uh, what day of the week now? Comes out on a Monday. Yeah, every, every Monday. Okay, every Monday. Yeah. Well, when this comes out, we'll put the links in the episode description. We'll put some links out on social media as well because it is really important that everyone you know shares, listens, and knows that we're all in it together so tom thank you very much for joining us thanks for talking to us about the film thanks for sharing us uh, with us about the podcast and uh, we'll see you next time thank you
Oh, thank you for having me. It's been a real, real pleasure. Thank you. There we go then, Tom Davis. Another guest episode in the bag and what a start to 2024. Oh, We've done well there. We've done well there. We have, we have. Uh, thanks very much to Tom for coming on. We'll make sure we put all the links in the episode descriptions and on social media as well. But do make sure you check out Proper Mental Podcast. It is well, well worth your time um, because there's all things on there about mental health and other stuff, little bits and bobs. Uh, very, very interesting. And Tom is a wonderful guy. Um... Didn't deserve him, really, did we? I don't think so. Yeah, it's I, 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 I don't know. I don't know where we go from here, either. We to be honest, are, Josh. We're just bad people, and <laughs> like you know. said, first and last. Maybe yep. just just um, call it quits there. Quit while you're um, Anyway, we're going to be talking about another film next week. First episode of February. Alice, mm-hmm. it's your turn to pick. So, oh. what are we going to be watching? So we had jolly January. Oh god! So now. I want to go for fucking terrible February. So the first film for February (laughs) that we're going to be watching is Watership Down. Jesus. Get get ready for that. (laughs) Get yourself in the right headspace. Go listen to Tom's podcast, then watch the film, and then maybe go listen to Tom's podcast again. Then that (laughs) might help you. That might help you get through this. Uh, yes, join us next week where we're going to be talking about Watership Down. In the meantime, if you'd like to get in touch with us, the email address is filmsandthatpod at gmail.com. We're all the social medias, if you just search for Just Films and That, and you'll find us on uh, Facebook, X, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, all of the places. We're on Patreon as well, so if you head into the episode description, there's a link to Patreon there. Um, all tiers include ad-free extended episodes, which you will get access to a day or two early and start from a pound a month any support you can give us will be of course hugely appreciated we're on the television as well aren't we alice we are indeed every friday from 6 p.m you can catch us on the local tv network so if you live in birmingham bristol leeds liverpool or the northeast of england you can find us on channel 7 on freeview or if you live in north wales or south wales you can find us on channel 8 on freeview and i'm also uploading all the videos to daily motion so if you want to check out exactly what we're up to just head on over there type in just films in that and you'll be able to see our beautiful beautiful faces talking about all our favorite underrated and underseen films yes lots of ways to see us hear us and as ever thank you very much for listening we'll see you next week for watership down it's goodbye from me cheerio bye This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash 
Upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.